taken your first steps into a larger world. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Impressive. Most impressive. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. How you doing, you old pirate? I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode four of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Paul Burkhart, and I'm your host, Will Witten. We've got a very special guest this week, our first guest on the podcast, sexual panther, drummer extraordinaire, he of the fancy haircut, one Mr. Jeff Ling. Hello, hello. How's it going, buddies? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about you, Will? I'm doing well, sir. You know, Jeff is the first person that actually responded yes to being on the podcast when I asked him if they would be interested in it. Everybody else gave me sort of the, meh, I don't know. It's because we're all Mississippi boys and we go way back. That's right. We right? go. This is some Starkville crew reunited, and it feels so good. Can, can we do that because of copyright? Is that? It was under get, six seconds. Okay, we're good. We're good then. <laughs> so, I first met Jeff. Uh, actually, before I even met you, I met Jeff in like 2002 or yep. so. No, it was uh, spring of 04. The spring of 04? Yeah, spring of 04. All I know is when I first met Jeff, he was 17. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow he was showing up to college parties and shit, and he was like the quiet dude that hung out in the shadows. The first time I met Jeff, I was ossified drunk. I had been to the strip club and then went over to hang out, and Jeff was there. So I don't remember everything. My old roommate at the time was with me, also drunk. And then, like, Jeff just started hanging around. And I remember when our friendship really started to cement was when I came up with the idea that on Jeff's 18th birthday, I was going to take him to the strip club for the first time. I made that my summer mission. And I was like, oh, you turned 18 in August? Oh, oh, we're taking you to the strip club. And he was like, yeah, okay. Well, let's preface this, though, because it birthday's in August, right? Hall said this back in May <laughs> and never mentioned it again. So but I was thinking about it. <laughs> so three months passes, you know. I'm in school. <laughs> Hall's calls up the night before. Hey, Jeff, so what time are we going tomorrow? What are you talking about? What time are we going to the strip club? Oh, that's... That, that, you mentioned that months ago, dude. But I was dead serious. <laughs> serious as a heart attack, as they say. I was taking this kid to the strip club. And, like, we sure did. We sure did take him <laughs> to the strip club on his 18th birthday. I'm going to have myself a good time. Fucking critter-ass strip club in between Starkville, Mississippi and West Point, Mississippi. Like, where the strippers have knife wounds and, like, war stories and shit. <laughs> the, um, the borderline where it's okay. They got approved. Also named DeWorks Loray. The weirdest DeWorks Loray. And all right, look. It was a play on words. It, it backwards, it was you're all screwed. Oh, really? DeWorks Loray, yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. That's you, where that you're comes like from. blowing my mind up. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 
Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been an awesome podcast. <laughs> no. All right, guys, I'm going home. <laughs> no. So, oh man, you're all screwed. I think that's I can't really believe it. Yeah, that's, that's what it was back Now, look, I'm going to share something about myself that's not going to cast me in the best light. But, like I said, this was like 11 years ago. You were so, young. Yeah. I like to look at it as character progression kind of like you know han solo going from dirty no good swindler to hero of the rebel alliance i frequented this strip club so much that i had a vip card there's nothing wrong with that at all nothing wrong at all there's something wrong with that being a vip around mostly naked always ladies i don't know is a bad thing you know look i don't want to make it sound like vip was all that cool all it meant was like I got in for free, and I got, like, a discount. <laughs> it was like the Savers Club card or some shit. I got a discount on cheap beer or food from the bar. Like, who eats at a strip club? I don't know. I, I didn't even know you could, honestly. Well, they start oh. having lunch specials, remember? They had lunch oh. specials. <laughs> well, they also used to do bottomless night, which, you know, not the exact bottomless you would think of at a strip club. It was bottomless beer night. And so you would pay like 10 bucks to get in and drink all the beer you wanted. Oh, that's a bad decision in life. Yes, it is. I threw up so hard in their bathroom one time and just, I think it might have been the last time I went because I was afraid to go back because I just threw up like eight gallons of beer. Oh, my God. It was God. terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, I am glad. <laughs> like, there's sometimes when I sit back and I'm like, you know what? It'd be fun to just get fucking <laughs> tore up drunk. And then I'm like, nah, nah, I'll throw up for four days. Nah. Walk oh. out, walk out in the morning like being, I've never saw the light of day. <laughs> I, I probably saw sunlight at least once because they would stay open. They might have been a 24-hour establishment. Yeah, they stayed open pretty late. I could be wrong, but I, I, I stayed in there mighty late. It was ridiculous. You got my respect. And then you would have that awkward moment where we'd be eating at like um, what the hat, El Sombrero in Starkville, and then I'd be like, holy shit, that's one of the strippers from the strip club. And they'd be like, hey, hoss. <laughs> that's embarrassing i mean like at the time i at the time i'm not gonna fuck around i was like fuck yeah that's carmen she remembers boom. me boom boom right and but then no no that's not a good thing when the stripper knows your name dude you know what strippers are people too oh hey i'm not saying I'm there's anything saying, wrong with she makes a, con a conscious choice to take her clothes off for money and that's cool if you want to do that that's cool and i respect that i'm not hating on strippers I'm just saying, like, at at least at this point in my life, there's an acceptable amount of time to go to the strip club. And I feel like I ate away all that acceptable time going, like, three nights a week. Okay, so, <laughs> actually, this is a Star Wars podcast, not how to... <laughs> but, anyway, no, no, we should, we should finish up with a story. So, after that, Jeff and I were fast friends. I introduced... We totally got him a sick-ass lap dance from a critter-ass stripper. You know what I'm talking about? I think she had, like, um, a tattoo of a fucking whale humping a unicorn or some shit. That's right. I bought you your first lap dance. I just you remembered did. that. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling better about this now that I know I bought him his first lap dance. Oh, man. And then uh, you played music with mutual friends of ours, so you were always over. We talked about how there was always a band at our house. He was... Basically in that band. 
Yeah. Covers morning till night. More covers all day every or day. That's that's when I met Jeff. I started hanging out at the house mm-hmm. about that same time, and Jeff was in the band, and we played a lot of PlayStation oh. uh, PlayStation Three together. And like I'm just fight night here. and oh. Jesus fight night. I don't want fight talk about night it. nights. It got to the point where you, Goose, and Jeff were so good at fight night that I just had to sit back and be your audience because my favorite strategy of any fight night fighters was Jeff's. Now, Jeff didn't have the strongest record. No, not at all. he was an impressive winner because he would just jam his fingers on the controller trying to get the crazy one-hit knockoff haymakers going on. And 80% of the time, it wouldn't work. But then that 20% of the time that that shit happened, he would get his ass beat for like two (laughs) rounds. And then all of a sudden, one hit knockout somebody. Done, son. (laughs) That's done punch. And, I mean, the shenanigans that we got up to, fucking airsoft guns. Oh, airsoft guns. Uh, You and Bryce and Jeff got into a (laughs) homemade explosions or explosive devices kick yeah we I, I don't know we should talk about that we might end up on a list here <laughs> i think we might already be uh, on a list because <laughs> of this i mean if people came like if the cops just walked into the back pool area on any given night they would think we were probably like methed out we mentioned this first episode yeah, the like, house that we lived in it was crazy it was the perfect like you come out they, a cop would come out and there would be like four dudes Crouched over a homemade incendiary <laughs> device with some fucking chlorine and and baking soda or some shit. And they're grilling out. And grilling out. And there's people in the pool. <laughs> and there's, like, a live band playing. Shit's blowing up. Like, I know, like, I look at those those parties where you see, like, a crazy high school party. And you're like, yeah, but that those parties aren't really like that. We came kind of close. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah. Not as glamorous. No. But... But we were persistent and reliant, and it went late. And when it went late and oh. stragglers, the strangers would go home, it would still be kind of pumping out on the patio on the back, uh, that big-ass table, that big-ass yep. table. And then sometimes people would stay the night for safety reasons. Just shenanigans, nightly shenanigans at this place. And and Jeff was often the architect of the crazier shit because he would say something and people would just be like, that sounds like an amazing idea. <laughs> yes, let's beat a dryer with a baseball bat. I think I watched the dude crush like four Big Macs in one sitting, and he immediately had my respect. I was like, wow. Oh, uh, oh the, the wow. Big, okay. The double Big Mac. There was a time <laughs> where I was much heavier than I am now, and the reason was because I was trying to keep pace with a dude who can eat anything and not put on weight. I've seen Jeff kill two Big Macs, two large fries, two Cokes, Diet Cokes, and then half a bag of Cheetos and some more root beers. And the dude comes and, I mean, Jesus Christ, the dump you must take after something like that. No, I should know because I was right there along with you. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Two Big Macs, two fries, and sit on my ass all day, play WoW, maybe go swim in the pool. Uh, you see, at least we, we followed up with pseudo-physical activity. Hey, let's get in the pool. Except we were lounging around in the pool on floaty chairs and laying there or, drinking root beer floats. Of or if I got a wild hair up my ass, maybe I'd just ride my wheelchair straight into the pool <laughs> yeah. for shits and giggles. That happened more than once. By oh, yeah. way more than once. And then I don't know how I always forgot every time 
Like going in is fun, but then you got to get the chair back out. I loved it that you had your favorite spot to throw up in. Like you, would, oh, it was always. We don't right need there to talk about the garden. <laughs> we don't our, need I to talk the about the garden. All we need to say about the garden is it flourished, and that garden was plentiful. It was well nourished. <laughs> Look, I'll say this: when Jesse and I first started dating. She tried to add me on Facebook, and I was like, oh, shit, this girl cannot. I got to go through and look at all my pictures before I accept her friend's request. And there were so many pictures of me puking in the garden <laughs> that I had to untag myself. And I was just like, "This, I, 90% of my pictures on Facebook are me doubled over puking in this garden in, in, in outside by the pool. Like, What do terrible. you mean untag yourself, though? You're the one that posted 90%. No, 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 no. 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 Well, there were some that I posted, and I took all those down. But it was, other people would tag me because it became an event where, like, people would start watching their watches and be like, is it time to go to the garden yet? Oh, it's time to go to the garden it yet? It would be an event. And yeah. everybody knew what was going on. Was, it, and it was a rite of passage at the fun. house. And, and it had like, to happen. I could have charged five bucks for people to... It was a constant that people would come up and take pictures with me while I was puking. <laughs> yeah, it was. Will you go get that bastard cat off the router? He's chewing the wires. Jet Lee, get off the router, cat. Thank you. You know, all that time, plus uh, a fellow connoisseur of Star Wars, Mr. Jeff Ling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually remember this one time I had a really nice Lego Millennium Falcon. And in the move to the house in Starkville... Somebody dropped it, and it fell to pieces. And I didn't have the instructions oh anymore. Right? Oh. And I was like, oh, this is just going to sit in this box unassembled. This, this sucks. Well, Jeff comes over one day, and he's like, I could totally put this together without instructions. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> I was like, look, I don't have anywhere to put it, so if you can put it back together, you can have it. And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. 30 minutes later, 30 minutes later, it's in pristine, reassembled condition, probably put together ten times better than when I first put it together. And I was like, I'll be damned. He did it. I mean, it was a challenge. I had, I had to accept it. So, that's sort of how we met you. We, so we went off on some tangents there. Totally cool. But this is a Star Wars podcast, so maybe we should get to that. <laughs> I mean, you know. But anyway, before we get into the Star Wars news and stuff, uh, I should give out all our addresses so people can follow along and listen and like our stuff if they want. We've got Facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Blue Harvest Pod. And you can email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. So, you know, and we put our stuff up on SoundCloud right now, but hopefully we'll be up on iTunes and Stitcher and that sort of thing soon. So you guys want to talk some Star Wars? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Okay, so we're going to start off with a little bit of a downer. It was announced today that Sir Christopher Lee, Count Dooku himself, passed away. May he rest in peace. At the age of 93. It's a bummer, man. It is. And, I mean, it's a bummer, but you also get... Star Wars, he's a great professional actor that's yeah that's what i was about to say career yeah he had a great career i mean you just think besides star wars and lord of the rings which are the two bigger things he's sort of known for he was in a he was the villain in a bond movie he did all the hammer horror movie stuff wicker man i mean he's been in a ton of stuff and and i believe was a very accomplished shakespearean actor oh i'm sure i don't know much about his early history but he's been around forever i mean yeah um 
Ian McKellen are both very accomplished Shakespearean actors, I believe. It sucks, but he was 93. It's going to happen eventually. You know, he did a lot with his life. I'm sure he felt pretty fulfilled. You know, in his last few years, he was in a metal band. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, he was the lead singer of like a, a hardcore metal band with him just being Christopher Lee over it. It's crazy. That is crazy. It's one of those things that when I first saw it, I was like, is this, did like Funny or Die get him to record some kind of parody video or something? Then I found out it was like a for real deal thing. It's interesting. Maybe Metal spoke to him. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> like it does to us all. I mean, come um, on. You you can't be Saruman and not listen to Metal, right? Right. I would think so. <laughs> right? So we've got a few things to get into this week. It's actually uh, been a pretty busy week for Star Wars news. The first big news that came out was that, you know, originally I said that Star Wars and Marvel weren't going to be appearing at Comic-Con. That's no longer the case. Marvel's still not appearing at Comic-Con, but in their absence, there's going to be basically a whole day uh, devoted to Star Wars at this year's Comic-Con. And it's uh, the Friday of Comic-Con, I believe it's July 9th, and it's going to kick off with a J.J. Abrams-Kathleen Kennedy panel. I don't know that we'll see a new trailer there necessarily, but we could. I got to figure they're going to show or reveal something cool at least, or else it would just be sort of a rehash of their panel at celebration and then for the rest of the day there's a ton of other star wars related panels uh there's a publishing panel there's the hasbro panel which i'm super excited to see and then there's going to be like an ilm 40th anniversary panel so some pretty cool stuff but that's exciting i'm excited about that i didn't think we were going to get anything for like another month after that because i didn't think we'd get anything till the disney d23 expo that could be kind of exciting. You guys are just sitting here like, we're not talking about Star Wars or strip clubs anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to look at this goon while he talks. No. <laughs> we're just listening. I want to go to Comic-Con. I would love to go to Comic-Con. I, I wouldn't lose my mind. Yeah, I mean, the tickets are hard to get. Yeah, like, yeah. And you got to think, it's crowded. Like, it's It's probably going to be, there's going to be elements that are less fun than I would imagine. But I still, I would put up with it. I mean, I'm pretty sure to get into the the first Star Wars panel, you would have to camp out overnight. Uh, that's what they had to do at Celebration. I mean, people stayed in line 16 to 24 hours to get in the panel, J.J. Abrams' panel at Celebration. Like, they take that shit serious. So, it's at 10 a.m. So you got to think, what time do you get in line the day before if you really want to get into that that's panel? Such a messed up thing to have to think. What time do I get in line? The day before. Yeah. That's just messed up. I mean, if I was going to do it, that would be my one time do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you think that happens all over the world? I don't know. That seems kind of like an American thing to do, right? I mean, obviously, like in India, people aren't standing in line for three days for the new iPhone. They've got other concerns. You know what I'm saying? Conventions on this scale are are pretty much an American thing. There are conventions in Europe and stuff like that, but... As far as I know, nothing on the like you know the same level as a comic con. Uh, Star Wars Celebration has done London and Japan before. They're doing London next year, and I gotta imagine that's going to be a pretty big con. But you know, not everywhere has their own con like it seems 
Cons are a big thing in America now. (laughs) 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 Just talking my ass off. It's it's hey, it's the Star Wars podcast with Professor Star Wars, (laughs) Young Man Star Wars, and Drunk Uncle Babble Star Wars. (laughs) I think we all know who's who. That's so unfair. Okay, so the cool thing uh, besides the panel is they announced today. This news actually came out today. That there's some exclusive uh, Force Awakens merchandise. Oh, I read that. It's uh, there's like a giant Lego guy. Uh, he's got like Lego hips and stuff, but most of the armor and the helmet are <laughs> almost exactly the same as the Stormtrooper armor itself. So yeah, that whole series is actually something that they're gonna start doing. It's like a figure builder series. And when I first heard about them, I didn't think I would be very interested in them. But I saw like this one, and I saw a General Grievous and a Darth Vader and stuff, and they actually look really cool. It's all it's you, you're building a figure out of Legos. I mean, that's the only really way I can think to describe it. They look cool. Now this. I can't tell from the article. I don't know if this is going to be available at Comic-Con or if this is just something they're revealing ahead of Comic-Con. Like, maybe this will just be on display. But it's cool. Oh, yeah, all the Lego stuff. I mean, I remember when, um, God, I guess it was for um, that huge merchandise push for um, Phantom Menace when they released. I know there's, the Lego figures for that were killer. I mean, they had a sweet R2-D2. Yeah. I had the old destroyer droid, which only worked half the time in deploying. Oh, yeah. Well, but like, that thing was awesome. They would have cool like electronic elements in those yeah. and stuff. Now, the, cool, the thing I'm most interested in is the Black Series First Order Stormtrooper. I love the Black Series figures. And this is right up my alley. It's really cool. It's got its own special packaging. I was wondering if this was how the Black Series in general was going to be packaged from now on. And I looked it up, and that's not. This is just sort of a special one-time packaging for, um, you know, this special San Diego Comic-Con release. But it's cool. It's got a couple of guns. It's, you know, the six-inch new Stormtrooper, which I, I've liked Ever since I first saw it, but the more and more I see it, the more I like it. I think it's really cool. Feels like really the only thing that changed was the helmet. Like it got an update and the blaster rifle, obviously. But well, all all around, it's less bulky, it's sleeker, and one of the main differences I've noticed is you know the big square pack on the back of the stormtrooper, the classic stormtrooper armor. That's gone. It's just flat back there, and they've got like a small. <laughs> almost a reverse fanny pack on their back. Yeah, I'm sure it holds a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know, ammo packs or, who knows, thermal detonators. But what's cool is um, I actually watched a video of someone unboxing one of these. They've got it already somehow. And it comes with a booklet that sort of shows you, It's, I mean, it's nothing super detailed, but it shows you the progression from Clone Trooper version 1 to version 2 to Stormtrooper to this Stormtrooper. So it seems pretty cool. Definitely worth the the buy. Yeah, I'm desperately seeking someone going to Comic-Con now. Like, if you guys hear anybody be like just offhandedly being like, yeah, I'm going to Comic-Con this year, let them know. I will give them the money For to black box storm just pick me one of those up if you can. Like, uh, I know it's a lot to ask because I imagine the line for that's going to be crazy. But if by chance they're like, well, and, you know, Go ahead and buy one for yourself and flip that bitch on eBay. Just bring me mines. <laughs> and then the last thing that they sort of revealed are the the Hot Wheel that's based on the new Stormtrooper. 
I'm not too into these Hot Wheel character cars. I don't care for them myself. I mean, it's cool. I'm a grown-ass man. That sounds so fuck. I don't care for the Hot Wheels. I, <laughs> I, mean, I turned my news up at these Hot know, Wheels. I had a couple Hot Wheels when I was a kid, but I wasn't big into Hot Wheels as a kid. No, I mean, a car, like, you know, toy matchbox cars or Hot Wheels or whatever, they haven't really been my thing either. I mean, I can see how it's kind of cool that the cars are, you know, sort of designed to look like the characters, but look, I got to cut the collecting off somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I don't need you a You don't star- need a room full of Star Wars that, like, that you can't literally walk in. Right, right. Enjoy. Well, see, before when the Hot Wheels cars were at least here, still under a dollar, like when we grew up, yeah, totally feasible. Now oh. they're like two bucks or something, right? Yeah, they're if these were like in a 99-cent bin and I was like, oh, shit, I could have a whole collection for like 12 bucks, I might be kind of tempted. But it's like I said, I got to cut it somewhere. Books. Black I just figures. don't have the time to set up the playset to spin the cars all around. And do oh, I mean, stuff. see, that's the thing. My sickness is when I get this, it stays in package and oh. it's just up on the wall. Like, I, I, as a kid, of course, I was a loose collector, like, because I'm play with that. But as I've gotten older, I, I guess I've gotten into the keeping it in the package thing. Like, I don't know. It does preserve the value. I mean, but when. Who am I going to sell my Star Wars collection to? When am I going to sell my Star Wars collection? I can't answer that question, but you have it if you need to. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. It's what Um, we call an investment. So speaking of Star Wars merchandise, I got a little special something in the mail today. Uh, Last week, they somebody put up some early Star Wars The Force Awakens merchandise on eBay. And uh, it happened first with loose versions of that black series stormtrooper and i could not get one fast enough like i think he had eight up online and they sold out super quick and then they started going back up on ebay and people were paying like a thousand dollars for them loose with the wrong gun so you know no way i was going to get that but this dude put up uh two different types of the force awakens wallets he put up bb8 which i actually was going to get first Sold out before I could get to it. But I did manage to get my grubby little mitts on a Captain Phasma wallet, which is sitting here on the table, and I, I've just been looking at it. From, I'm fucking obsessed. Like, I can't stop looking at a dumb wallet. Like, check it out. I mean, it's pretty badass. It's actually got chrome in all the places that you would think that it needed it. it it's That's real pretty. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, uh, I like it's got the new first order symbol on there that's like a really good look at it and it's got the red behind it in the force first order symbol i don't know i'm pretty stoked about it i gotta it's say really neat. but yeah be jealous son early force awakens merchandise that's the kind of nerd i'm am, I am watch that shit turn out to be bootleg or something no that's the real deal oh no you can tell it's too high quality to be bootlegged i think and like clearly factory sewn or whatever you know what i'm saying it came right. off of a line. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will cover a couple other Star Wars things. Maybe talk uh, more about taking poor Jeff to the strip club. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Welcome back to Blue Harvest. So uh took a little break. Uh, straightened out a little technical issue type stuff. But I think we're good to go. Um, we talked about Star Wars and Comic-Con. My crack-like addiction to black figures. And how I'm obsessed with this new one. The next thing we're going to talk about is pretty cool. It's the new mobile game, Star Wars Uprising. Looks, looks really cool. It does look cool. 
It is unfortunate, however, that it's a mobile game. Yeah, the mobile platform's good in that it's it's a cheap platform to develop for, and you can you can get your store, your game out there. Yeah, when, and I realize how popular mobile gaming has come, become, but for a game, and the the description of it is really cool. It's like a Diablo style Star Wars game, which I would be all about on the console. I'm sure I'll play it on the mobile. I just don't know how much I'll play it. I mean, having the big screen on the six plus will help. Maybe I'll get into it a little more, but I'm not a big touch controls fan in general. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather play with a controller. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that's kind of, I know, kept me personally away from mobile gaming. But also for, I mean, just it's just this new young kids these days want bite-sized bits, whatnot. They, they're not <laughs> like us old guys that want to sit there for like zone out for four hours on the yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, and if this was a console game, four hours would be a a short play time for me. I'd put some serious time into this. But what's cool about it is it's the first canon game that we're going to get that's set after Return of the Jedi. So that's interesting. The trailer's pretty cool. It basically shows a little snippet of what's going on in the galaxy after the destruction of the second Death Star. And apparently the main villain of this game is trying to fool everybody in his system he like governs a whole system and he's trying to fool them into thinking that the rebels were defeated and that the empire like vader and the emperor aren't dead like the real news hasn't gotten all the way out there yet but he also starts putting to death anyone that tries to spread the real news about what happened so I guess you're going, that's going to be like the guy you're going up against and stuff. And it's interesting that this guy sort of barricades himself in on his own system and basically starts his own little fractured faction of the of the Empire. Galactic Civil War. Yeah, I mean, cl- clearly a sign that even after the Emperor Invader died, the war wasn't over. You know, maybe that was just the defining battle. Anytime there's a power void, there's always going to be a power struggle. Yeah. Like, you can't depose a leader or destroy the head of the snake. There will The head of the snake will always be replaced. And it's neat to see the struggle of what's going on. Like, I think that's what's going on in that game is that they can struggle for the galaxy. Right. See who's going to come out on top, fight each other out, duke it out. Definitely. It looks cool. Uh, I haven't, I mean, they haven't really shown any footage, just that pre-rendered trailer. Uh, you know what else looks cool that we haven't talked about yet? Battle pods. Yeah, I, I, I need $100,000 right now. Yeah. Anyone listening, name's Jeff, could use $100,000 for a battle pod. Hey, and if you're going to hook him up with that, maybe you just get on eBay and uh, hook me up with a couple of those Star Wars black figure First Order Stormtroopers. Hook me up, brother. <laughs> um, no, battle Battle Pods looks cool. Um, like you said earlier when we were watching some footage of it, it's like, sort of looks like at least the old Star Wars arcade game. Like the shooter, like you're flying around, you basically do all the big space battles for from the movies, the original trilogy. And then there's like these weird sections where you got a dual Darth Vader or Boba Fett with a lightsaber. It's kind of like the evolution of that, but even cooler it looks really cool it looks really intense it looked like something that i would sit there and want to play just like like i did the other one i couldn't get enough of those levels and like hoff 
and Endor and fighting Boba Fett and fighting Darth Vader, lightsaber yeah. fighting him in an arcade setting, doing destroying the Death Star. Like it was tight. Like I can't imagine to do the next generation version of that. And how far arcade technology has come since then, it's going to be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. The only thing that sucks is they're such expensive machines that I don't foresee. I don't know who around us would get one. We're going to have to go out of town to find one of these. Like, we're going to have to go to a Dave and Buster's. Apparently, they have them. So, it's time for a road trip. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I would take a trip to Atlanta to play Battle Pods. We should. We totally should. That's what we should do. I like that idea. I'm liking that idea. Did I mention that I'm liking that idea? Get a little pocket cam, give our own personal reviews, some, you know, first impressions with it. Absolutely. Also, spend about $100 pointing the thing. Yeah, oh yeah, and they're going to need a fresh bag of white bets to wipe up the jizz on the seat that I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, I'm, and watch, I'm building it up so much in my head, I'll play it once, be like, oh, that was cool, but uh, I guess I'm going to go uh, play some Street Fighter. <laughs> nothing wrong with Street Fighter. No, 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 but, no, no, you no know. nothing wrong with Street Fighter, but... If I'm taking a whole trip to Atlanta, like it's going to be the three of us, like fighting over this machine. Anybody else that we can get to get to go, you it's going to be first blood. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll have to Rochambeau for it or something. <laughs> but yeah, that shit looks really cool. Now that is something I'd like to have in the house. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just going to go home and play Battle Pods for like three hours. No one would ever see me. You know, the one thing about that is it's like. Maybe four levels, five levels, that's all that's in the game. So I wonder if after like 20 times, 30 times playing it, I'd be like, I'm tired of this. I want more levels. No, then you speed run and you go professional. <laughs> oh, if they had a battle pod competition where you just see who can get through the level fastest with the higher score, I'd be like the wizard. It's like the last starfighter. Yeah, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. Okay, so talking about movies, I want to let you know how pissed off I am about one of the last podcast. How you were talking about how you stood in line waiting for Revenge of the Sith. I was there. Oh, were you? Yeah, because remember, oh. we made fun of the kid in the Darth Vader helmet, which, yeah, that's terrible. But we asked him, because there was a series of videos floating around, and we asked him which button called his mom. <laughs> I remember that. No, 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 no. That was the night of the movie. When I was saying we were waiting in line was for to buy tickets, and I thought, no, we we got in line for tickets the day before. No. Or something. I know for a fact we didn't. It was like a week or so before because Greg Walker kept threatening to tear up my ticket or steal it because oh, I kept yeah. singing that Burger King. <laughs> bacon cheddar ranch song and he was like bacon cheddar ranch and he was like don't sing it again i was like i won't i won't i swear on star wars and he was like all right and then i couldn't get it out of my head like an hour later i was just sitting at this table and i was like just humming it quietly to myself to just kill the the earworm to just get it out of my head i just had to do it and he heard me and he was like I'm going to take your episode three premiere night ticket and you're not going to get to go because you swore on Star Wars and you started singing that song again. And I hid that bitch. Like I knew he wasn't really going to do it, but I was like, look, just in case he really has that big of a problem with the tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch song. Like I need to hide this thing, make sure he can't find it. And I hid it in a book, but I didn't hide it in a Star Wars book because I thought that was too easy. That's right. I showed up afterwards because we were at 
we went to Mexican afterwards, and that's where the whole of discussion course. came up. If we went out to dinner in Starkville, it was Mexican or Applebee's. There weren't a whole lot of options at the time. Half-price appetizers. I mean, we're broke college students, of course. Yeah. Well, broke college student and a college dropout, me. Uh, eating half-price appetizers. My mom's calling me. I ain't mom. <laughs> can't meddle in the minds of men all right i should probably get that we're gonna take one last break and then when we come back no more breaks we'll finish up the podcast talk some more shit blue harvest what have i done welcome back to blue harvest man there's nothing like talking to your mom on the phone and accidentally dropping an f-bomb i, I watched you do oh it i watched it happen it was like a train wreck oh man like i was you just can't stop. i'm so hyped up you handled it pro though like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't want to answer the phone. But then I get all paranoid that she's calling to give me bad news or something. And then so I call her back. And just in the process of talking to my sweet mom, I drop an F-bomb out of nowhere. Awkwardly tried to cover it up. But she's just laughing at me like, yeah, I heard you. I mean, uh, it happens. But um, Oh, man. Yeah, it was some worries for us, at least. So, yeah. hey. Yeah. That's priceless. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. I've totally lost my train of thought because of the F-bomb. Oh. <laughs> sir. Sir, you can't say bomb on an airplane. Bomb, 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 <laughs> bomb. Um, I was trying to think because you said, uh, Jeff, that you wanted to talk a little bit. You had a sort of a an issue to bring up about Star Wars and the the closing down of LucasArts. And I was trying to think of any personal Star Wars gaming history that we have together but there's not really any that i can think of unless you guys played battlefronts together Mm -mm. Uh, we didn't even play that um mainly you know well mainly my experience with gaming was i got my nes and then i was a pc gamer for right lord knows how many years and i mean i literally just got a 360 like right towards the end of that yeah you skipped like four generations (laughs) of gamings you went from uh, of console gaming you went from an nes to a 360 yeah that's that was your jump that's yeah. a fucking jump yeah that's a big jump but like i said I mean, I you always, played pc yeah games i always had pc games so but i mean i remember at that time the star wars games that were coming out i mean rebel assault that was a great one that's a first oh one yeah game. i used to like rebel assault dark a lot. forces Dark Forces Dark was Forces, excellent. Amazing. But see, those are all after the came out before we started hanging out. It was kind of a yeah, like a slow Star Wars gaming time when we first started hanging out. I know Will and I played The Force Unleashed not together, but at the same time. But nothing. I mean, I'm just if, unless I'm just drawing a blank on something. Oh. Mainly, we played World of Warcraft. Yes, that's well, we did. Um... Who had the GameCube in the house? You had the GameCube yes. in the house. We um we did play the um, um the Rogue, Rogue Squadron game, Rogue, yeah, Rogue Leader. Did. Yeah, yeah. On that, that we was... played that, and we played um maybe one of the Jedi Starfighter games or something on PS2. Yeah, probably, probably one of those as well. Um, I think you had you had the old um I forget the name of it that um the Star Wars the Fighter game that was. Masters of Terakai. Yeah. I've still got that somewhere. I mean, we, we don't need to play it. But yeah, we terrible. don't need to play it. We it's... played that a little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm remembering some stuff now. Um, yeah, but there's nothing like sort of the classic era of era of LucasArts games. Like Dark Forces, like you said, then the sequel. Oh, yeah. Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight was cool. 
Although something tells me a lot of this is sort of romanticized in my memory. Something tells me if I went back and played Dark Forces 2 now with those FMV cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, they, like, they definitely don't hold up. But, I mean, I know that was that was one of my favorite games when it came out. I remember oh, the, yeah. um, God, the expansion um, where you uh, played as Mara Jade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget the name of something it. Something Temple of the Sith or something yeah, of the Sith. Yeah, I forget I can't what it was, the name of it off the top of my head. And but. then uh, Jedi Knight 2 Outcast was yeah. really cool. It was cool because you got to play as Outcast, you know, the rappers. It was them in Star Wars. Hey, yeah. It wasn't. Andre 3000. <laughs> Big boy. Um, uh, and then, of course, my favorite knights of the old republic did you ever play that i never got into it just because oh. yeah i wanted I, to i played knights of the old republic one and two and it was fantastic i really yeah. enjoyed it did you play those on the pc or did you play i those played on them on xbox? console on the xbox yeah. it was that, really neat <laughs> i wish that there was some way to play original xbox games on the one because i would have those two games just to play every now and then that's my I mean, that's what i'd really like from this new sort of group of star wars games especially since ea has the license now and ea owns bioware they need to let them do another role-playing game maybe not knights of the old republic since that stuff isn't canon anymore but let them do something i'd love those games man i even like the mmo that i played all by my damn lonesome (laughs) yeah it's it's one of those things where it's kind of a bummer for me that lucasarts went out because i mean they create such great stuff i mean some of the old yeah. adventure games full throttle i oh, played the mess yeah. out of that. if we're going to talk about LucasArts games that aren't star wars related there's a ton that i liked i like oh, the yeah. monkey island games <laughs> loom that wasn't as much as popular as a game but what was cool about that is it was almost a predecessor to ocarina of time because you played music to cast your spells it was a sort of a very similar system but it was like a point-and-click adventure game instead of a you know a Zelda game. And then Full Throttle, like you said, that was really cool. Like the Biker Gang. Sam and Max. Sam and Max, yes. Uh, uh, what's Day of the Tentacle. Maniac yes. Mansion. They did a lot of cool stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and some of their... like uh, They did a similar point-and-click type adventure game with Indiana Jones. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They never um, really did one of those for Star Wars. No, they didn't. Um... Yeah, they definitely didn't. I mean, I was I got to a point too where no no space sim games like because oh. I st- okay so here's how terrible of a child I was when my parents they I had Tie Fighter on the computer. Oh, Tie Fighter! Tie Fighter's great, but I did not grasp the fact that I was in a Tie Fighter. It's like. Why, why do they keep telling me to go and attack the rebel stuff? They're the good guys. I'm just going <laughs> to attack the Star Destroyer. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, why are they not shooting back at me? Oh, wait. And then like a year later, it's like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. That's awesome. You totally changed. You weren't completing levels or anything because you're just attacking your teammate. <laughs> I mean, that's what I saw in the movies. Like, Did okay. you ever play TIE Fighter or X-Wing? I never got a chance to play oh, TIE Fighter man. or X-Wing. Once again, missing out on some premium classic start. Once again, I don't know how well they would hold up. The graphics and stuff would yeah. definitely be dated. But when you were flying your ships, you had to like... You had to manage your power levels. Manage your, your power levels, levels and your shields. And if you were in a regular TIE fighter, you didn't have shields or hyperdrive. 
And as you compl- like progress through the story, you would get promoted and you would be able to use a tie bomber or an interceptor or an advance or, you know, stuff like that. And it was cool. Like, I, I remember the story for TIE Fighter had Thrawn in it, right? Grand uh, Admiral Thrawn? Uh, I believe so, yeah, if I remember right. So they tried to tie it in with the expanded universe and stuff in some sort of cool ways. What's funny um, is they just released TIE Fighter, though, on um, uh, which platform? Um, good old games, GOG? I think they might be on Steam, too. I don't know. Yeah. there's. I mean, if you have a PC... Uh, you can go on Steam and play a lot of the cool older Star Wars games. I don't know how they hold up. I've thought about like during their summer sale or their Star Wars sale where you can get like an obscene amount of games, like 20, 30 games for, you know, chump change. I've thought about getting it just to have them, uh, even if I don't play them that much, but I don't know. Yeah, I just recently re-downloaded on the 360 because of the May 4th sale um, both the old Force Unleashed games and been going through and playing those. It's a lot of fun. As much as people like to hate on them, still fun. I love those games. I don't. I can't believe people hate on them because no. I loved the Force Unleashed one and two. It was such a great mechanic of how to use the Force to interact with things around you yeah. and all the different ways that and you could I like, use it. In at least the first one, I like the story. The second one story gets a little silly to me. Um, it's just kind of. I think two was rushed and. Two was the last big game they put out, if you think about it. Yeah. There was two, and then they had some stuff in development. They had a lot of stuff in in development. Unfortunately, two of the cooler things we lost in that were Star Wars 1313, which I always thought looked cool. And then just recently it came out that they were working on a Darth Maul game that was sort of their version of the Batman-style game. Like, that's how the combat was going to operate and sort of the progression through the story was going to operate. And I would have been all about that. That sounds like a cool game to me, playing as as Darth Maul with that sort of combat style. Yeah, I would have lost my mind on that. Yeah, that would have been cool. And then, well, I mean, you know, we've got a whole new era. We've only really known about the first one, which is Battlefront. Maybe in a few days we'll find out about the second one. I'm not sure. I hope so. You know, there's a possibility that we'll see some sort of those type of games coming back. Yeah, definitely. If you were to take uh, Shadows of Mordor and slap slap it into Star Wars, like Star Wars Shadows of Mordor or Batman, I think that's a fantastic concept for a Star Wars game. I think so as well. For the most part, Star Wars games haven't... There's never been one that's coming to mind right now that was the first of its kind. They always sort of like what I mean is the force unleashed a sort of a take on the whole God of war devil may cry like combo based action platformer. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, I guess that would be the best kind of comparison. Something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, battlefront is obviously sort of their take on the battlefield games, which is interesting because now that's who's developing. Yes. It. Very um, interesting. You know, uh, remember Galactic Battlegrounds. Galactic Battlegrounds. It was the Star Wars version of Age of Empires. Oh, I do remember <laughs> that. I do remember that. Has there really been a good RTS Star Wars? That seems like the um, perfect universe to do it in, but I don't ever remember. I remember that one just because I actually owned that one. There's one that came out... Um, 
or there were two that came out where they where RTS started moving to that whole three D system with like Warcraft three and whatnot. Oh. I just don't remember the Empire of it. at War. Yes. Something yes. like that? Yeah, I think man. so. I don't think I've ever played those, but I remember hearing that they were decent at least. What okay, here's a, a question I was thinking about. What type of game do you think Star Wars wouldn't work as? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think Star Wars would make a very good Farmville type game. Although I'd probably play it. It probably would, actually. <laughs> you know, my moisture farm. Yeah. <laughs> moisture farms, <laughs> yes. Um that is a good question. Um You know, I would The closest thing was um even though we got it, Pod Racer. Honestly though, not a bad game. Yeah, not a bad game at all, but it was kind of one of those things where it's like, really they made that happen? But yeah, it was I mean super fun. Uh, of the two Star Wars episode one related games, that or the adaption game, far superior to the adaption. The adaption game, game was, was garbage. Garbage. It was so bad. The one on sixty four. Uh, it may have been on 64. I think I played it on PC, but that I'm sure it was just on just about anything it could be. Yeah, I remember playing that on PC, and the worst was the um, the Tatooine missions, where you had to gather things to rebuild Anakin's um, pottery series yep. that were super arbitrary. And I just remember I would just kill the guys to try to get the parts. And then Anakin wouldn't help you anymore. And I would just try to murder him. He's a non-killable NPC for all of you that are wondering, so don't even try it. Yeah, that game was no good. I remember the impossible final duel with Darth Maul. Yeah, that was atrocious. It's terrible. What about you, buddy? What do you think would be not a good genre of game for Star Wars? At first I was going to say, like, detective, like... There, but it would be kind of neat like if you were L.A. Like a, noir, but yeah, Star like Wars. L.A. noir Star Wars. Ooh. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, no, that might be kind of cool as a smuggler, like, like a noir, like a, a murder mystery set on the different levels yeah. of Coruscant. I was, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I was thinking about how it might not work, and then I was like, no, it'd probably work really that well. That makes me wonder. Maybe it just works. Maybe Star Wars just works with everything. The universe <laughs> that the man created is so complete that I think you can do a lot in that. I can't like, okay. So fighting game, a time travel movie. I was gonna say dating sim, but oh, dating sim. Hmm. You know, I've never played a dating sim, so I don't really know. I mean, I guess does the sim Star Wars The Sims? I would play yeah, that. People would play. Yeah, that. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would, would play, play that, that too. Oh man, make my little fucking Jedi family, and we. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus! Construct your own little temple. Or, or temple, or just village. Mm-hmm. Your own little village on Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would play that. All right, cool. So I'm just discovering something here. <laughs> I don't know that there's a... Now, once again, dating sim. I don't really know. I can't speak to that. So I don't really know if that would work or not. Maybe there's enough kinky Star Wars people out there to make that happen. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think... I'm sure there's a Flash game already. I'm sure oh, there's a Flash game oh, already. on some seedy jizz <laughs> field corner of the internet, of course, there's some dirty Star Wars Flash game. People got no respect. That ain't Star Wars. That ain't, that ain't Star Wars. We don't need hentai Star Wars. Dios mío. Fighting game. Sports. Ooh. Maybe... Oh yeah, Star Wars sports game would Star be Wars sports game. Weak. 
I mean, I, I don't – we know that there's sports because – only because in Attack of the Clones, when they go into the bar, there's, like, droids playing football on one of the TV screens, what looks kind of like football. I don't want to play droid football. No. I think you might have hit it. Sports. Yeah, I think that might be it now. Okay, so now that we did that, let's do real quick Star Wars – type of Star Wars games you wish they'd make. Oh. oh. Okay. I'll start off. I'll start off. Let you guys think on it. Because I was thinking about this. So, you know, I've been playing The Witcher 3. And, I mean, I want a 200-hour-plus giant open-world Star Wars game. If they want to just rip off The Witcher and turn him into a Jedi instead of a Witcher, give him lightsabers instead of swords, and, you know, put it on different planets, sign me up for that game now. I'm serious. I would play the shit out of that game. I'm just thinking about it now and all the cool shit you could do. Oh, I don't know that we'll get anything like that. Yeah, with it being EA, they like to sort of do quick turnaround type games, it almost seems like. And that's a game like you would have to put some serious development time into. And I don't know how long their license is for. It's either five or ten years. Which doesn't seem like a lot of time to put it. Well, ten years, but... Five years doesn't seem like a lot of time to put into it. Um, so what about you? Huh, um, I wouldn't love to see see them go back to the old X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and do something like that again. A good, nice yeah. little space sim like that. Jesus, I mean. I think the one thing that would keep them from doing that is that for a while those fell out of favor. But now you're starting to see those come back like Star Citizen oh, is yeah. the biggest game Kickstarter success ever. They've how, reached, how many stretch goals have they reached at this I mean, point? It's so yeah. ridiculous. And then that game Elite Dangerous. There's that, um, what's that PlayStation game uh, where it's the procedurally generated galaxy. It's sort of got a cell shaded. Um, oh. it's, it's No Man something, isn't it? Or? No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty cool. So I could see them... Maybe if you know those games really kick off, maybe they'll be interested in doing it. Or that. even even going back and because that that is a pretty large thing. But even going back and just doing an arcade style, like like the old Rogue Squadron games, I would love to see something like that again. That would be cool. The only the problem I'm at now is if I buy a game, I want it to be a long game. I get a little pissed off when I spend you know sixty five bucks, sixty six bucks on a game. And it's over in eight hours. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So those Rogue Squadron games are kind of the kind of game, if you sit down, you can beat it in a playthrough. Granted, I would go back and play those missions again if they're done well enough. 100% but, them. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see getting behind that. To me, that almost seems more like a downloadable game. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of a full retail release. Like an arcade release yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I could get behind that I for lose real. Lose my mind. What about you, buddy? What do you think? What's the? What would you like to say? I, oh, I see a fire in your <laughs> eyes. I saw it like your eyes twinkled like a Disney cartoon. No, I just think like a really open sandbox game. Maybe yeah. Assassin's Creed style where you can be a Jedi that's jumping buildings. You know, a really powerful showing of the jedi force like yeah. kind of like they did with force unleashed like to really just and the lightsaber combat be really cool and intuitive yeah that would be really cool for me that's the thing i really want 
a Star Wars game with kick-ass lightsaber combat. They haven't really nailed, even in The Force Unleashed, it was cool. And then when you fought somebody else with a lightsaber, they still haven't nailed that making me feel like I'm in an actual duel. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's why I think, like, the Batman combat system where you could have counters and they could counter you and you could, you know what I'm saying? It's all one fluid, crazy motion with, like, really detailed animations and stuff. Right. I think that would be cool. I agree. Oh, sign me up. Because the combat, while the exploration and the visuals and the story and stuff in Assassin's Creed is cool, to me, they still haven't 100% nailed the combat. The combat can be kind of janky in those games. I agree. And I, I know this sounds crazy as well, but I would like to see a really cool Star Wars racing game and not just... Pod racing. Pod racing. Race speeder bikes. Ooh. Race land race uh, land speeders. Race sky hoppers. Sky hoppers. Ooh. Race Imperial shuttles. Race falcons. Like, like what uh, if you're like... Gran Turismo. Right. But Star Wars? I, yeah. Now that... That is off the cuff. I like that. That's outside the box. Race X-Wings. Have an X-Wing race. Ooh. Like, Dude, that would be cool. I mean, I could, I could play that. Do your Beggars, Beggars Canyon race. Yeah. Shit like that. Oh. I think that would be Honestly, neat. I think the one thing I've discovered from this game's discussion is that if you slap a Star Wars coat of paint on just about any genre of game, I'd be like, ooh, I'd play that. <laughs> I'll, I'll play the shit out of that. Fuck yeah, I'll play the shit out of that. Star Wars Pokemon? Star Wars Cooking Mama. What is that? I don't know. It's cooking a Nintendo thing where like, they make you cook. It's a Wii game. I don't even uh, know. Waggle. <laughs> waggle. The Nintendo Waggle Box. <laughs> so I think that'll wrap up our games discussion. So, so before we leave, we're going to catch up with the comics. And then we'll bounce out. So the last time we talked about comics... You had read Star Wars 1 through 4. I had, and today we read Star Wars... 1 through 6. Yep. And Darth Vader 1 through 6. Yep. That's what we're going to keep the conversation to. Okay. Uh, I figure we'll catch up and do Kanan maybe when another issue comes out so there's more to talk about. But the big stuff definitely this week happened in Star Wars and in Darth Vader. By the way, guys, spoiler alert. We are going to talk oh, about yeah. things that actually happen in the comics. <clears throat> so if you don't want us to spoil that for you... You can, uh, you know, turn the volume down, hum, skip hum something to yourself for yeah. just a minute or two. We'll be, we'll be done with it in a minute. Uh, so we'll start off with Star Wars, and this is what I'll say. I would say if you haven't read the issues yet, read the first six of Star Wars and then read the first six of Darth Vader. To me, that seems like it, it works in a interesting way. It's like you get the broad strokes in Star Wars, and then Darth Vader sort of paints everything in with its own really cool story. But the big, well, the first big revelation from Star Wars uh, 6 is that Han Solo has a wife. Yeah. Yes. Now, this was something that I had spoiled for me before I read the comic because people flipped out online about it. They were not happy about it. And I don't know why. How is it impossible for a dude who is a smuggler, to have not had a past. Honestly, I got a real Captain Malcolm Reynolds feel out of it. Like, I mean... Like, maybe it was some strange, funny story about some stuff. That's the you thing. Know. People can't get too mad because we only got the first little chunk 
of story. We don't know. It's going to be expounded on. All we know is that this lady considers herself Han Solo's wife. Right. Now, he didn't exactly seem like he considers her his, his wife. But I don't know. It's going to be explained, and it's probably going to... People are probably going to feel dumb for freaking out as bad as they did for just the little bit of information we got. You know what I'm saying? He's late. He's married to a black lady. I mean, it could be a moment like, you know, he, he won the, the Falcon and, you know, a, some gambling. Maybe he lost a bet. Oh, lost a bet and had to marry a lady? I mean, who knows, you know? Oh. I mean, could have lost a bet to some kind of crime lord or something. And had to marry his daughter? Yeah. It's, the I will say, at the slightest criticism... Did she have to drive a ship that kind of looked like the Falcon? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't an exact replica like the cockpits in the middle. It was a Carillion ship. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed a little chill, cheesy for Miss Solo to show up in her almost Millennium Falcon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that then, blaster she had was cool, though. The, her blaster <laughs> is cool. I do like her blaster. I wonder, because, you know, we're getting the Lando series next month. I wonder if she's going to tie into that series at all. Uh, and it's sort of, I don't know. They haven't seemed to really tie Leia into the main series or Darth Vader, so maybe Lando will be pretty separate too. Vader did tie into the main series. Yeah, but Leia hasn't tied into Leia Vader hasn't. or no, Star no, Wars. No no. no, no, no. Vader does. Vader and Star Wars are companion series. You should, if you're reading one, you should really read the other. The other cool thing that happens in episode, or episode, issue six, is the Boba Fett versus Luke fight. I thought that was really cool. And they did. Uh, and I've heard, you know, when people discuss about this, and I didn't really, I was listening to the Making Star Wars podcast, and I didn't really think about it until they were talking about it, but having Luke be blind for the whole fight sort of gets them out of the sticky situation. He's not going to, he doesn't know Boba Fett's name. I don't think Boba Fett ever tells him his name. And he never sees him. So when Luke encounters him later in Empire and in Jedi, that's why he's not like, hey, that's that guy that attacked me. Because he doesn't, you know, know that was him. But Boba Fett sort of gets one up on Luke for a little bit. Throws in a flash grenade and blinds Luke. And then Luke tries to go at Boba Fett with a lightsaber. Not really knowing how to use one. Bad idea. I I gotta give him props, though. He figured out what he was doing there after a minute. So, I got a little confused. And maybe you guys picked up something i didn't did boba fett get knocked out because something random just fell off the shelf and hit him in the head r2 threw that did r2 throw r2 i couldn't tell if that was it or if like obi-wan did it you know what i'm saying his ghost i don't know now that you're see the the whole thing with that box that hit him that said for luke Uh it was very very specific Almost seemingly like it was poised there for that reason. Maybe Luke would instinctively have grabbed it because you yeah. see him walk out with it without going over to pick it up. Yeah, and he and we find out that that box has Obi Wan's journals. So I got to think that Obi Wan made those in case something happened to him to help Luke with his training a little bit. Now, what's interesting about that is issue seven that comes out next month is an Obi Wan story. The flashback Obi Wan story, which I think will be information that he gets from those that journal. You know what I'm saying? But it could be a, a cool little missing piece of the puzzle of what Luke did for Jedi training in between, uh, you know, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I think that opens up some interesting possibilities. 
It can only be meditation, meditation, meditation. Like I would think, like some what's in the journals, probably. You know, maybe it's got some instructions for lightsaber fighting. That's true. Maybe or it's lightsaber got construction. Construction. Maybe that's where Luke learns how to build uh, his replacement lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. We have that deleted scene from Return of the Jedi where we see him making it, but you know, I don't think that's considered canon. So. You know, eventually they could explain that as it's, you know, instructions from that journal. Uh, I kind of wish, though, that the, it had been a day, uh, a holocron. Right. Uh, a Jedi holocron. But it was just like a, a tattered, regular written journal. Yeah, I mean, maybe Obi-Wan just didn't have a spare holocron to throw his information on while he's out in the desert. Or, um, or building one took more finesse than he could do in the yeah, desert. I mean, maybe he just didn't know how. I mean, I, we don't really know how they're made or who makes them. I mean, obviously, they, the Jedi make them, but... Kanan has one. Yeah, that his master gives him. As far as I know, that's the only person that possesses a holocron in the... <laughs> yeah. If, unless, you know, Palpatine... I'm sure Palpatine and Vader may possess Well, you know, in the new canon, it's established that Palpatine took over the Jedi Temple and turned it into the Imperial Palace. So you got to think there was holocrons all over the place. Uh, that place had to be full of holocrons. That he either probably destroyed or, um, I don't know, put into storage. I don't know. What, what else would he do with them? Probably destroy them. Cause destroy them or lock them away. You wouldn't want that knowledge getting out once you had power of it if you yeah. were a tyrant. Um, and another interesting thing that they talk about in the new canon stuff is that below the Jedi Temple, there were ancient, there was even older Jedi Temples, and probably and below that, Sith Temples. So, <clears throat> I wonder if that's ever going to come into play. That's crazy, because I know Coruscant is a whole like city world with elements constructed on top of one another. Yeah. So, and that's weird that if you go down deep enough, there's a layer of Sith Temple. Right. Maybe, you know, there's some crazy shit down there. Maybe that'll come into play in like episode seven, eight, or nine. I don't know. It's one of those little details that they sort of threw into the new canon material. And I don't know if it's because it will be referenced eventually or if it was just, you know, tying up some loose ends or just adding an interesting aspect to the lore. Um, but in Darth Vader. You know, we see Vader hire Boba Fett to find Luke. So it's cool how that sort of ties in. Like, you see him hire him in Vader, and then you see him doing the job in Star Wars, which is cool. And Vader, it was weird. That whole training your replacements thing didn't pan out how I thought it would. There's like, um, it's just a whole bunch of weird people that don't seem to be able to use the Force, but they're like... General Grievous 2.0, like they've been modified. Like there's a Trandoshan, uh, like Bosk, that has been modified to where he doesn't feel pain. And there's like a Mon Calamari that really does look like General Grievous, but he can fly around. Yeah. And then there's the weird lady that uses like the drone remote droids and shit. But the biggest, biggest thing you get in Darth Vader and the real crazy shit that happened was Darth Vader finds out from Boba Fett that Luke Luke's last name is Skywalker and he has like this crazy flashback and realizes hey that's my kid like and he also realizes that he didn't kill Padme 
which is interesting because I think this is the moment when Vader stops being the lap dog and starts planning on taking the Emperor down, which is a cool moment to see. I like when he gets mad and he crushes the viewport looking out and he's like, oh, he will be mine. It will all be mine. I thought that was a cool sort of line. It, it shows you just how far in the Sith Lord Vader has fallen, you know, and that he has aspirations to move up. That's really, that's the way it should be for that true villain. I mean, yeah, and that's the way it should be for the Sith, especially in the rule of two. Like, the Master knows that at some point his apprentice is going to try to kill him, and the Master has to be okay with that because that's the order of things in the Sith at this point. You know I what thought I'm the two twins, the two genetically enhanced twins with the lightsabers and the rocket boots and no force powers, I thought that was lame. Yeah, and... A lot of people are wondering if maybe one of those people is going to be maybe Snoke in Episode 7. And I just don't see them doing that. I don't see that, man. I I think it's going to be sort of an original character that we're introduced to in the movies and that will then get their backstory after they're introduced. You know what I'm saying? The Silo character is interesting. Annoying, but interesting. Oh, the yeah, the weird robot guy yeah Yeah. not my favorite no but you know sort of another play on the whole more machine than man thing if i was the emperor i would have been like this is the best you got i gave you all this time and money and this is what you got for me (laughs) right yeah i i don't know why i was just expecting them to be like jedi or to have force powers or be dark jedi dark twisted jedi yeah like kind of like the force unleashed version of the star killer if you decide to go bad with like the razor hand and the look i knew that they that wasn't going to be star killer but there was a little piece of me deep down that was like that's the perfect way for them to reintroduce him into the canon it would have shows cool. up in a star killer and you know you could ignore the force awakens and sort of retell his story in a way you wanted and make it cooler or different how you know whatever but i I knew deep down that wasn't going to be what it was, but they kind of bummed me out that it wasn't. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that just that whole progression for me. Just it was it was kind of that tie back to the prequels, which was cool. Yeah, I mean, also the whole silo character to me kind of looked like a tie to some of the old um, expanded universe stuff with the the emperor transferring his consciousness. Yeah, he de- he does. He transfers his conscience from body to body, but it's all data. Yeah. Like it's not like a soul thing. It's all his just data that go and it's clones, right? Yeah, I believe it's clones. I yeah, think so. Cyborgs or but something. But yeah, that is very similar to what Palpatine does in the Dark Empire books. You're 100% right about that. Just kind of a nice <clears throat> nod to that, I feel Yeah, like. I think, and I think that they will continue to take sort of concepts from the old EU and reintroduce them in new ways. Oh, you, you know what's crazy that we talk about this? We talked about how Shadows of the Empire isn't canon anymore. Well, a crazy rumor that turned out to be 100% false came out uh, a week or two ago. And it was that Josh Trank, the guy that was fired from doing the second Star Wars anthology movie, that the movie he was working on was a sequel to Shadows of the Empire. And that it was going to be Dash Rendar and somebody teaming up to capture Prince Zizor or Shizor or whatever. Like, you know, that kind of movie. And a surprising number of people were like, yeah, that sounds 
like it could be true to me immediately it reeked of being fake because once again you're sequelizing something that not everybody has read is really obscure that some people won't have played and won't remember why would you make a second movie out of that right if you were going to go anywhere with that story you'd have to make the first one before you made right the second you would one. have to retell shadows of the empire and then make that canon before you could do a sequel right and i just don't know that i don't know that it fits in the universe not Shadows anymore of the empire is a cool story mm-hmm. but it re- if you look at it in the spectrum i don't think it really fits Mm-mm. in between a new hope and uh empire right no empire and jedi empire and jedi because han isn't in it at all because he's frozen in carbonite there's a little bit of the you know boba fett getting away with him and carbonite and some of the other bounty hunters trying to chase him down um which honestly that if that would be a cool Boba Fett movie. If they gave us a Boba Fett movie set between Empire and Jedi and it was just his struggle to get Han Solo and Carbonite to Jabba while fending off a bunch of other bounty hunters, I could be down with that. That would be a pretty cool Boba Fett spinoff movie, I think. Fuck yeah. Sign me up for that. I think that'd be great. It'd be like 300, but Boba Fett. Like. <laughs> yeah, in space and like, you know, chases and him outwitting Dingar and IG-88 and Zuckus and Forlong. I could be down with that. The The problem with that, though, is realistically, like, those bounty, other bounty hunters, some of them are cool to see just standing still for, you know, that one scene in Empire. But once you see Dingar running around <laughs> with his fucking, you know, turban or whatever he's wearing, like, you might be like, I don't know. I'm ready for him to yeah so uh we got one more thing to talk about i sent you guys a picture on your phone you both have already seen it though the big sort of with this whole merchandising leak the same place where i got my wallet or not the same seller but you know in the same span i got my wallet and that the people got the six inch stormtroopers there was a thermal can it's like a it's supposed to look like a big coke can or a big beer can but it's just a thermal cup basically uh, but it showed up in Mexico, and it's got an image from The Force Awakens on it that's got C-3PO, R2, and BB-8 on it. And the weird thing is is that C-3PO has a red arm. And I don't know how I feel about it. It's not like it's going to ruin the movie for me or anything stupid like that, but it just looks a little odd. Like, red is a weird choice, right? Like I feel like, honestly, like it makes a lot of sense because if you're... If something happens to an arm, and none of these characters can go through all this time without nothing happening to oh, them. Oh, no. It, it makes sense to me that something would happen to C-3PO. The only thing that's weird to me is the fact that they went with a red arm. I know I went to pull apart to try to replace a part from my truck. <laughs> right. And it was not... I mean, it was like, you get what they got. Like, you have to So maybe and... they went to the equivalent of a droid pull-apart. Yeah, and they, they were went like, to the droid pull-apart, and red was what they uh, had. You know, C-3PO 3PO. was pissed when they showed up with an arm that didn't match. What do you guys think happened to his arm? Ooh. That is, you know, it's... It could be I've any got, number yeah, of things. Yeah, it could things. be anything. But you know point. what I think happened? I think it was a cold night on the rebel rebel base... Maybe it was the same night as they uh, won in the Battle of Endor, and everybody's quieting down, and C-3PO looks across the bonfire, and R2's sitting there, and R2 just, you know, fucking whipped ass in the Battle of Endor, helped out, and he gives him that sly, 
R2-D2 look. They retire to an abandoned Ewok hut. Maybe it was the Ewok that got shot in, in Return of the Jedi. You know that the other Ewok goes and checks out. And he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> So they show, they get down. They go into the droid or Ewok hut together. And then C-3PO just starts fucking finger blasting. <laughs> Finger blasting R two D two in one of his little ports, boo 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 boo, and fucking blew his arm up. Pow! His jerking arm. C three PO's reach around arm fucking shorted out. And they're like, "Oh shit!" Han comes in and sees what's going on. He's like, "This is weird." Uh, goldenrod. <laughs> but no, obviously that's not really going to be it. I was just trying to make you guys laugh. Will yeah, there's, just, there's a flash game about that. <laughs> Will is just ashamed. He's just looking I'm down just like, like, oh, that was, oh. that was graphic. That was an adult situation. Afterwards, R2-D2 just sprays oil everywhere. Wow! <laughs> oh, for Blue Harvest Podcast, I'm Halls Burkhart. I'm Will Witten. I'm Jeff Lane. May the force be with you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>